pastors Michael and Brenda Brunzo welcome you and thank you for listening to the following message. This message was recorded during a regular service at Faith Fellowship Church. The Bible tells us in Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So we believe this message will encourage and strengthen you in your daily walk of faith. God bless you as you listen. Good morning. Merry Christmas. Welcome to church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're not in the building this morning, but we're still going to have church. Yes. I'm here in my nice, warm, and cozy home, and I hope that you're warm and cozy where you are, and we're going to have a good time in the Word today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles with you, turn with me to Psalms 138. Psalms 138. We're going to be reading verses 1 and 2. Psalms 138, 1 and 2. Somebody send me a star or something so I know you're on. All right. Thank you, Miss Gracie and Brother Kevin. I know we're broadcasting now. Psalms 138, 1 and 2. I will praise thee with my whole heart. Before the gods I will sing praise unto thee. Now the psalmist David is not speaking of false gods here or false deities. He's talking about Elohim, because that word that was translated gods here is translated from the Hebrew word Elohim, which represents the Holy Trinity. When you use the word Elohim, you're talking about the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. So he says, I will praise thee with my whole heart before the gods. I will sing praise unto thee. I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. He says, I will praise you with, the, with my whole heart. I will sing praise to you before gods. I will worship toward your holy temple. I will praise your name for your loving kindness. I will praise your name for your truth. So David is doing a whole lot of praising here. And uh, for good reason too. And that reason is in verse number two. It's because God, Elohim, has magnified his word above all his name. And this is a really big deal. I don't know if you realize it or not. Uh, the International Children's Bible tells us that God made his name and his word greater than anything else. So God's name and word are greater than anything and everything. And to God, there is nothing greater or more important than his name and his word. And why? Because his name and his word represents everything that he is. God is described in his name and he's described in his word, his character, his, his trustworthiness, his integrity. It's all represented in his name and in his word. So there's nothing greater in the earth. But as great as his name is, David said God magnified his word above all his name. And we know there's no greater name in heaven, earth, or under the earth uh, than the name of Jesus, but yet God magnified his word even above that name. And I want to show you this morning just how powerful God's word is and why he magnified it above his name. And the first thing that we must understand is that the word is a person. And when creating the worlds, God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God said, let there be sky to divide the waters from the waters, and there was a sky. 
So God's word brought the sun, the moon, the universes, the galaxies, and all the stars of the many different heavens into existence. Creation happened because the word was spoke. The word created everything. And through the spoken word, things are created and things are changed. In John chapter 1 and verse 1, 1 through 3, John says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, who? The word. And without him, the word was not anything made that was made. So the word made everything. Everything that exists, everything that was created, was created by the word. And so the word is translated from a Greek word, logos. And it actually refers to Christ and it proves that he pre-existed with the Father and with the Holy Ghost. And it proves that he's an eternal being, just like the Father and the Holy Spirit. And they make up the divine trinity. But at the time that David was praising and worshiping towards Elohim's holy temple, the trinity consisted of God the Father, God the Word, and God the Holy Ghost. But then in the fullness of time, God sent the Word to the earth to live and dwell amongst, amongst us and to demonstrate the power of the spoken and the written Word. In John 1.14, it says, And the Word, the one that was in the beginning with God, the one that was God, the one who made all things, and by him was not anything made that was made, that same word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And that's when the word came to the earth and was born to Joseph and Mary. And that's when the word entered into the body of Jesus, the body that was pre prepared for him in the womb of the Virgin Mary. He was born of what we call, or on what we call Christmas Day. And he began to dwell among us. Merry Christmas. He entered this world as a babe in a manger, took the form of human flesh, and dwelt among us for a time. The Word became a man, but not just a man. He became a man that was anointed of God, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. And in the beginning, which is speaking of the dateless past, it's not speaking of Genesis chapter 1 and verse 2. That was the recreation of the world. That was the regeneration of a world that already existed. In the beginning, God made the world perfect. And he didn't make it without form and void as it's described in Genesis chapter 1. So this is in the beginning, the dateless past. There were three persons in heaven. God the Father, God the Word, and God the Holy Ghost. So if you were to go to heaven today, you'd find God the Father and you would find Jesus. And they would both be sitting on their thrones. God on his throne, Jesus at his right hand. Because the Holy Ghost isn't there because he came to the earth on the day of Pentecost and he's been here ever since. He's dwelling in you and I. And God and his word are one. His word was there in the beginning. It was with God. It was God. And this is the same word that spoke all things into existence and the same word that created everything that was made. There wasn't anything created that he didn't make.
So the word came to earth, was manifested in the person of Jesus Christ, who became God's only begotten son. So the word became flesh, just like John told us, and it dwelt among us. And throughout Jesus' ministry, he demonstrated to us over and over exactly how the word was supposed to be used. Jesus spoke the word. He spoke the word to people. He spoke the word to circumstances. He spoke the word to nature and even to inanimate objects like mountains and trees. And here's the thing about it. They all responded and changed. Amen. After that word was spoken, something changed. Something was different. Every time, the word is always effective. It always causes change. So think about this a minute. He spoke to blind eyes, and they were open. They saw. He spoke to deaf ears, and they were open. They heard. He spoke to a fever in Peter's mother-in-law, and it left. He spoke to crippled limbs, and they were healed and responded. He spoke to the winds and the waves, and they responded. He spoke to trees, and they responded. To demons, and they responded. They not only responded, but they responded in fear and trembling. He spoke to leprosy and every kind of sickness and disease that you can imagine, and they all responded. Jesus spoke to the dead, and they responded. He said, Lazarus, come forth, and Lazarus responded, yes. and he came forth. Yes. So no wonder David was praising and worshiping towards Elohim's temple. He realized why God magnified his word above all his name. When Jesus, the word, began his ministry, he spoke the word and people were changed. Yes. He spoke the word and lives were changed. Things were changed. Things were created and moved. Everything Jesus did, he did by speaking the word that was in him. The word that was in him. I hope you're getting this because he spoke the word that was in him. That's why it's so important that we get the word into us through meditation and study. And we get God's character into us. And his character is love. And we get that into us by studying his word. His word tells us everything about God. We get that from prayer because God will get personal to us. And he'll tell us things in prayer that we're not going to find anywhere else. And so it's important that we have intimate fellowship with God because we want the word in us so we can speak it and create things and change things just like Jesus did. Amen. Amen. I hope you're getting this. Yes. He demonstrated to us what God the Father did in the very beginning by speaking the word. The most powerful thing in the world is God's word. The spoken word, the written word, and the living word. The word is important. Yes. Hebrews 4.12 tells us that the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. You're not going to get that kind of word from a book. Amen. You're only going to get that kind of word from the Bible because it's a living word. Yes. A living word. It can change things. The Amplified Bible tells us that the word is living, active, full of power, yes. making it operative, yes. energizing, and yes. effective. That's, that's a word that when you speak it, things begin to live 
It activates. It's Ooh, full of power. It, 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 it makes things operative. Yes. It energizes. And it is always effective. Yes. Now, words in general, everyday words that we speak are important. Yes. And they're powerful. More important and powerful than you think. Uh, because if you really realize how important and powerful they are, you'd be more careful in the selection of the words that you speak. Yes. Paul, Paul admonished us to let no corrupt thing proceed forth out of your mouth, except that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace to the hearers. Yes. So your words create or destroy. Yes. They build up or they tear down. They give life or they bring death. Yes. Yes, your words. Yes. Proverbs tells us that death and life are in the power of the tongue. Yes. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. In other words, you're going to experience and you're going to taste the things that come out of your mouth because you're going to create things with your mouth and you're going to change things with your mouth. Amen. So it's important that we speak the right words and we make the right changes. In other words, Death and life are in, in the power, not just of your tongue, but of your words. Death and life are in the power of your words. So God created everything through the word. He brought us salvation through the word. Yes. He brought us healing through the word. And the same one that came to us on Christmas morning was later tied to a whipping post and beaten beyond recognition for our healing. Yes. And the same one that came to us on Christmas morning suffered many things and was then nailed to a cross so that we could be saved. Yes, hallelujah. You know, our salvation was manifested because of the words that we spoke. And we just repeated what the word told us to say. He showed us through the written word exactly what to do and what to say so that we could receive salvation. The apostle Paul said in Romans chapter 10, but what saith it? What saith what, Paul? What saith the word? Yes. And then he said, the word is near you. Well, how near is it, Paul? Well, he said it's in your mouth and in your heart. That's pretty near. He said, the word of faith which we preach, the word of faith that I'm preaching to you right now is in your heart and in your mouth. The gospel, the good news of salvation is in your heart and in your mouth. Paul, how do I get it out? How do I cause salvation to come into my life? How do I cause healing to come into my life? How? By believing the word that's being preached, the word that you're reading, the word that you hear, believing it in your heart, and then speaking it with your mouth. Yes. And then in the next verse, he said, then in the next verse, he said, if thou will say with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you'll declare Jesus as Lord, yes. and shall believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, he says, thou shall be saved. saved. So he told us yes. exactly how to get saved. He told us what words to speak yes. in order to get salvation. And then he tells you how the word of faith that we preach actually works and the results of your speaking and believing the word that you spoke. So we're supposed to speak what the Word says. Yes. You can never get in trouble speaking what the Word says. We only get in trouble when we go outside the Word yes. and we speak the things that our flesh wants to say. We speak the things that we hear on the fake news or we speak the things that we hear out in the world, out on the job. And we begin to speak those things and they begin to create and change things in our life, but not for the better. Amen. 
we're better off sticking with the word of God. In verse 10, Paul said, For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession. The word you speak from your mouth is made unto salvation. The word that you speak will cause salvation to come. For the scripture says, Whoever trusts in him will not be disappointed. Do you trust him this morning? Do you trust the word? See, although salvation was very costly to God, it cost him everything. It cost him the life of his precious son. Yes. And it was hard to obtain. That, what Jesus went through to obtain salvation, the price of redemption was so great, no one could ever pay it. But Jesus volunteered. He came down here uh, on Christmas Day, entered into that body that was prepared for him, was born of the Virgin Mary, became a man, and walked this earth as a man anointed of God. Yes. And, and, and that's why so many people, I mean, God made salvation free. Yes. Although it cost him everything, he made it free and very simple to receive. You receive it by believing and speaking the words that God told us to speak. Yes. But then why are so many people trying so hard to be saved? There are religions all over this world that are working hard every day trying to do the right thing, be the right person, say the right things, uh, and all in an effort to try to earn salvation. And yet God says here, you don't earn it. It's freely given. Yes. You, you, you become saved by simply believing the word and then uh, confessing it out of your mouth. Yes. So why are so many people trying so hard to be saved? Why are so many people trying so hard to be healed? That's one of the biggest problems in the body of Christ today is people are sick. I'm speaking to people right now that are suffering with sickness and disease. I mean, don't feel bad about it. None of us are exempt from it. I mean, I get sick myself, but thank God for the word because the word heals me. The word heals you. But the reason people are trying to be saved, the reason people are trying to be healed is because they just don't realize that the work has already been done. Yes. The price has been paid. Redemption has been purchased, purchased by the Lord Jesus Christ, the word that came down from heaven and dwelt among us. They just don't realize that all they need to do is receive it and then enjoy it. Receive the word, believe it in your heart, begin to speak it out of your mouth every day, and then walk in that word and enjoy it. My wife and I were talking to someone who was sick, a good, strong Christian woman. And we're trying to convince her that Jesus is our healer. And she said, I know Jesus is our healer, but I don't know if he'll heal me. And you know, that is, you know, there's so many people that think like that. I know he's our healer, but I don't know if he will heal me. And I can answer that real simple, what he said to the lepers. He said, they said, thou can make me whole if thy will. And Jesus said, I will. Yes. He always says, I will. Yes. He always wills that we be saved. He always wills that we be healed. That never changes. He's the same yesterday and today and forever. He yes. wants you saved and he wants you healed and he wants you enjoying life. Yes. He wants you to enjoy a full life. Thank you, Lord. He came that he may bring life and that more abundantly a full life but with this woman now she says i know jesus is our healer but i don't know if he'll heal me 
But if we use that same reasoning with her about her salvation, now she's a strong Baptist woman. You know they believe in salvation. So uh, if we use that same reasoning with her and said, I know Jesus saves you, but I don't know if he will. I know he wants to save you, or I know he's saved, but I don't know if he will. Man, she'd fight us to the floor. She'd fight us tooth and nail over her salvation. She's, she has strong faith in that word, but she has no faith for the fact that Jesus is our healer. So then tell me this. Why does Psalms 103 verses 2 and 3 tell us to forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth all our iniquities or our sins, and healeth all our diseases? He saves and heals right there in the same scripture. Why can you believe that he saves, but you can't believe he heals? How can you read that scripture and believe your sins are not forgiven? Or how can you believe that... Excuse me, how can you read that scripture and believe that uh, your sins are forgiven, but then not believe that you're healed? He said he forgives your sins and heals all your diseases in the same passage of scripture. How could you look at that whipping post where Jesus was beaten beyond recognition within an inch of his life for our healing so that he could say, by my stripes you are healed? How can you look at that and then say, you're not sure if he wants to heal you? You can't. You can't do that any more than you can look at that hideous cross where he suffered and died for our salvation. You can't look at that cross and say, I don't know if Jesus wants to save me. You can't look at the whipping post and say, I don't know if he wants to heal me. And you can't look at the cross and say that, I don't know if he wants to save me. That's proof positive that he wants to do both of those things. Yes. That's proof positive that he wills to save and he wills to heal. Yes. Isaiah 53, Isaiah 53, 4 and 5 says, surely, surely. And when he says surely, and what he's saying is the thing I'm about to tell you is no lie. The thing I'm about to tell you is the truth. Surely. He hath borne our sicknesses and carried our diseases or our pains, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. We thought he was being beaten because of something he did, but he yes. wasn't. He was being beaten because of something that we did. Yes. Verse 54 says, but he was wounded for our transgressions. Yes. Your transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities, your iniquities, your sins, my sins. The chastisement that he received of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Every one of us. With his stripes we are healed. He didn't say you're going to be healed someday. He said we are healed. Those stripes were, were put on his back for our healing. And see, not being sure of these things is why so many people get saved and then go back into sin. Not being sure of these things is why so many people get healed and then go back into sickness. This is why so many people try to serve the Lord, but then go back to their old lifestyle. Why? Because they're not sure of these things. I'm here to tell you this morning, you can be sure of these things. And the main reason is because they didn't do what the word said to do. They said with their mouth that Jesus is Lord and they believed in their heart that God raised him from the dead, 
but they really didn't believe the word that they spoke. They really didn't believe the word that was coming out of their mouth. People think if they say Jesus is Lord and say they believe in their heart that God raised him from the dead, that's all they have to do. But unless you make him Lord over your life, the words you spoke are really meaningless. See, when you make him Lord over your life, then you'll do everything that the word tells you to do. You will become a doer of the word, not just a hearer only. If you do what the word says, then you will enjoy healing, you'll enjoy salvation, and you'll enjoy life to its fullest every day. You won't go back to sin, and you won't go back to sickness and disease, and you won't stop serving God. Why? Because you're a doer of the word. And when you're a believer, it makes you a doer of the word. If you're not a doer of the word, you must not really believe it. If you were sick right now and I told you you were healed and you believed it, you really believed it with your heart and said, I am healed. Hallelujah. You would start rejoicing. You'd yes. be happy about it. Yes, amen. Why? Because you really believed it. Amen. You know, saying Jesus is Lord and making him your Lord are two very different things. Yes. Why do I say that? Because Jesus don't need us to tell him he's Lord. He already knows he's Lord. That's it. Jesus wants to hear you tell him that he's your Lord. Yes. That you made him Lord over your life. Amen. He wants to hear us say that. And when that happens, I promise you things will begin to change. Mm -hmm. God said if you'll do your part, speak and believe the word, then he will do his part and save you and heal you. He will give you the results of what you believed and spoke. Yes. You know, doing what the word said to do is the assurance that you'll receive the results. Thank you, Lord. Personally, I'm speaking for me personally, and I can speak for my wife in this uh, area too. Thank you, Lord. We know we're saved and healed. Yes, yes. We don't have to be convinced of it. Okay. We know. We know we're saved and healed every day. Yes. We know that we're saved and healed when we don't feel like we're saved or healed. Yes. I'm never unsure of my salvation. My wife is never unsure of my salvation. No. I never get up in the morning and wonder if I'm saved. No, sir. And here lately, and I've always believed in healing, but uh, here in this past year, I know every morning when I get up, I'm healed. God Ooh, proved himself glory, to me. Glory, glory. The word proves itself. Yes. The word will not return to God void, but it will accomplish that which he pleases, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto he sent it. Yes. Nothing pleases God more than you, saving Lord. and healing Thank people. You, Lord. So I know it's going to prosper in that area. Yes. If you speak the word concerning salvation and healing, it is going to prosper in that area yes. because I know it pleases God. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And how can I be sure of all of that? Well, that's what faith does. But yes. what is the faith in? It's faith in the word that God spoke. Yes, hallelujah. It's faith in the word, the written word, the living word, the spoken word. And because I did what the word said to do, I know that I can trust him to be faithful to yes. do what he said he would do. Yes. Thank you, Lord. He said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. Why? Because he's with me, his rod and staff comfort me. Yes. So when fear comes upon me, I yes. already know. Thank you, I ain't thinking. I ain't guessing. I ain't wondering. Yes. I know he's with me. Hallelujah. And he's protecting me and guiding me. I know that. 
Why? Because the word said it and I believed it and I speak it out of my mouth. That's right. Yes. That's how I know. I don't have to feel anything. I don't have to see anything. I don't have to be reassured every other day of my salvation or my healing. I know. That's right. I know because I have his word on it. Yes. I know because I can trust him. I know because he's trustworthy yes. and he always keeps his word. Yes. God is not a man that he should lie. God never has to repent. Why? Because he never did or said anything to repent of. Yes. Hallelujah. That's how the word of faith works. Ooh, glory. We don't have to see anything. God don't have to prove himself to us. He don't have to show us anything. We don't have to feel anything because the word said it was so. Yes. There's integrity in that word. Yes. He said, thy word is truth. Yes. That's one of the reasons the psalmist David was praising him. He's praising him because his word is truth. In other words, if you spoke it, I know it's true. If you spoke it, I know I can believe it and walk in it. Yes. He's trustworthy. Yes, he is. You can count on him. He's a man of his word. And you have his word on it. See, you're no longer trying to get saved. You're no longer trying to get healed. You're already saved and healed. Yes, you are. Glory. Faith is confessing what the word says, yes. what God says, past, present, and future. Start believing and declaring Thank what you, the Lord. word says Thank you are. You, you might not feel like, you might not look like it when you, when you look in the mirror in the morning, but start declaring both. Look in that mirror and say, I am who he says I am. I can do what he says I can do. Yes. I have what he says I have. Yes. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm more than a conqueror Thank through him Lord. that loved me. Yes. I can do all things through Christ Ooh, who strengthens yes. me. Yes. I am well able. Yes. And by his stripes, I am healed. I am. Hallelujah. I am. Yes. I might not feel healed. I might not look healed, yes. but I'm healed by his stripes. Yes. Hallelujah. I can rest assured in that because he did it over 2,000 years ago. Yes. I'm not waiting to be healed. I'm not waiting for God to become my healer. He's already become my healer. Yes. Way back in Exodus 15, 26, he said, I am the Lord that healeth thee. I'm your great physician. Yes. I believe that. Yes. God's the same. He doesn't change. No, sir. Thank God. Jesus is the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. If it was his desire to save and heal in the very beginning, whenever that was, it's his desire to save and heal today. Yes. It's not Lord. even questionable. Thank you, Lord. Thank we need to Lord. start confessing these things. Yes. The Thank main you. reason God created your mouth wasn't so you could fill it with apple pie and gossip. Ooh, he created your Lord. mouth so now you could speak the word. Eating oh, is just God. a bonus. Yes. Our mouths were created to confess the word of God and to control our lives with yes. it. With our mouth? Yes, your words control your life. Yes. James said it's like a big ship or, or a bridle in a horse's mouth. Just like they control. That little thing controls the ship. That little bridle controls a big 800,000 pound horse. He said your tongue controls you. Your tongue controls your life the same way. We're to speak what we believe. Our tongue, our mouth was created to trigger the word of faith that's in our hearts. Your mouth, your tongue, the words you speak is the trigger for your faith. You might have that belief in your heart. You might have that faith in your heart. But how do you get it out here? By your mouth. By speaking it. That's the trigger to your faith. The word confession that Paul 
used in Romans 10, 9, 10. It means to speak the same thing consistently. Consistently. Yes, constantly. It means speaking in agreement with what the word is saying. Yes. So when God says something, you speak in line with the word in agreement with him. Yes. And you do it consistently. Thank you. Don't say you're healed today and tomorrow you feel a pain and say, I'm sick. That's right. No, you have to be consistent in the face of pain, in the yes. face of disease, yes. in the face of sickness. Yes. You say, I'm healed. Yes, sir. Anybody can say I'm healed when they're feeling healed Come and when on. they're feeling good. Yes. But when you're under attack, that's yes. when you have to stand up in the devil's face and boldly declare, yes, yes. I am healed. Hallelujah. Yes. Why? Because the word says I'm healed. That's right. And the devil will tell you, you don't look healed. You don't feel healed. I don't care what I look like, what I feel like. I'm going with the word. I Amen. am healed. And you'll begin to walk in it and you'll begin to enjoy it. Hallelujah. Uh -huh. Hallelujah. So when God says something, speak in, in, in line with what he says. Yes. And be consistent about yeah. it. You know, this type of confession should be a consistent lifestyle for us. We're to live and walk by faith. Not just use it when we need it. No, it's a lifestyle. We live and walk by faith every day. You're not up one day and down the next. You're not positive today and negative tomorrow. We need to speak God's word and speak it consistently. The word we speak affects our life. So we should be speaking God's words. Because that's who we want to control our lives. It's more than just saying, Jesus, you're Lord. It's like you have to say, Jesus, you're my Lord. And then my you prove Lord. it by yes, walking in the things that he says. Thank you, Lord. I sure pray you're getting this. Yes, What's Lord, this got to do God. with Christmas? Everything. Yes. Everything. Yes. Because Jesus Jesus. came here for that purpose to demonstrate, well, to destroy the works of the devil, of course. Yes. But to demonstrate how the spoken word that was inside of him. Yes. Hallelujah. Jesus is his earthly name. Ooh, glory. Christ is his heavenly name. It means yes. the anointed one and his anointing. Yes. Jesus Christ, the living word dwells in us. Thank you, Lord. We need to start speaking it just like Thank Jesus you, did. Hallelujah. When the devil came against Jesus Hallelujah. in the wilderness, he searched down in his heart yes. where the word abided. And he said, it is written. Hallelujah. Yes, glory. Next time the devil comes Thank to you, you search your heart. David yes. said, that word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. That word that's hidden in your heart, search for it. Bring it up and boldly declare in the devil's face. It is written. Yes. I don't care what you say. I don't care what you think. I don't care what you're doing. It is written. Yes. And that's all that counts. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank Let's you, pray. Lord. Say this with me. Say, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. I confess. I confess. I declare. I declare. I affirm by the words I speak. I affirm by the words that you are my Lord. That you're my Lord. You're not just a Lord. You are my Lord. Just a Lord. You're my Lord. I make you Lord over my life. I yield to you and I will serve you. I believe in my heart that God the Father raised you from the dead. And I also believe that I am healed from every sickness and disease yes. that the devil can even dream up or bring against me. Yes. I'm healed. healed. Yes. Your word says no weapon that is formed against me shall prosper. And the tongue that rises up against me in judgment, thou shalt condemn. For this is the righteousness of the Lord. 
Yes. That word that comes against you is condemned yes. in yes, Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You are the healed of the Lord. Yes, you are. Thank Walk you, in it. Yes. Thank Enjoy you. it. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Make Jesus Lord over your life. Yes. Don't just Amen. declare him to be Lord. He already knows that. Yes. Nothing you can say or do will change that. Yes. But it's Amen. everything when yes. you say that he's your Lord. And Amen. you start believing the word and walking in it. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, I hope you got something out of this this morning. Yeah. Uh, I finished in record time. If we were in church now, I'd just be getting through my introduction but thank you lord <laughs> merry christmas that's a christmas present for you merry christmas i'm gonna let you go early Born enjoy your family enjoy your warm house hallelujah this is this thing's coming to an end it's gonna start warming up today we made it hallelujah, hallelujah. we made it through the great flash freeze yes, of 2022 hallelujah you, i know it's unusual for kentucky but we made it. Hallelujah. Amen. God bless you. We love you and appreciate you so much. We'll see you next week. Merry Christmas to you and yours. Bona Natale. Bona Natale. Bona That means Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Hallelujah. In Italian. God bless. This concludes this message. Thank you for listening. We pray that it's been a blessing to you. For more information about FFC or its ministries, please contact the church office. God bless you, and remember, Jesus is Lord.